We are Lucas Free. We are Lucas Free. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Mucus Free Life Podcast. And it's been a little while since I've had the opportunity to do a podcast, and I'm trying out a new format, a new thing. I think I kind of overwhelmed myself before with the format that I chose, which was to do it live, do a the video, do the podcast as a video live, and pipe guests in. You know, and I'm not just using simple live video streaming stuff there's this complicated video broadcasting software that i was using and essentially when i thought about it i was doing the work of about three or four people in a tv studio at the same time while being on the show and uh, because i'm a bit ambitious and my creativity makes me ambitious and so i wanted to you know, I had this vision of what I wanted to do in my head, which is basically like a TV show. And uh, but there's the limitations that we have because it's not a TV studio and we're dealing with the Internet. And there's all this stuff that would happen in terms of the, the technical difficulties and all that kind of stuff. And but ultimately it was it was a lot to do for me weekly just on that scale. And recently, I did the audio voiceover, which is kind of getting back to the old school days for those of you that's been around a real long time. Uh, if you go back to some of my earlier videos, there's a whole bunch of videos where, I, where it's just audio. It's basically kind of like a podcast. I might have, if I had video, I would screen capture and check out different images and analyze things that we were that I'd be talking about but it wouldn't be you know <clears throat> I wouldn't be on camera and doing all these different things that I was doing and I wouldn't do a whole lot of post-production editing it was uh and some of those videos are my most successful and popular videos uh where I'm just talking about my favorite foods and and that kind of stuff going to google images and looking at these different food items and uh, those were pretty successful then Earlier, was it earlier this week or last week, I did a video response or reaction to the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Rashad Evans on there mentioning Arnold Eretz Mucus's diet healing system. And that was something that kind of inspired me. I was like, man, I got to make a video about this. And so I just did a quick audio overdub and uh, said a few words and edited it together and it, I thought it came out pretty pretty nice and so I was thinking you know what I think I'm going I'm going to try now is to just lay the audio down I can do this pretty quick I don't have to do a lot of complicated editing or video stuff create the podcast that way put it into my podcasting distribution channel and it automatically sends it to YouTube and iTunes and uh, all the different podcasting uh, spots and I'm really talking to you uh, the folks that are really interested in the mucus free lifestyle or interested in what I have to say about health and life and philosophy and all that kind of thing and so this is uh, I, I guess also getting back to the roots of radio 
And we had the uh, Immortality Pipeline radio program for uh, for several years back in the uh, in the two thousand <laughs> the two thousands. Wow, it's, it's deep thinking how how long ago that was at this point. But uh, yeah, from two thousands was that two thousand six to two thousand nine. And, you know, I've, I know some of you remember I did mention eventually I'd like to create a mucus free life radio uh, station, just like an on- online radio station that would stream the those old radio programs just 24 hours a day. Because you know, I got enough content to where I could easily, uh, you know, unrelease stuff uh, in those <clears throat> in those radio programs. Some of those are pretty intense and they're. Uh, quite a bit more unfiltered than things, uh, which is which was how we needed to be back then. Uh, you know, in more recent years, when I say filter, it's not filtering. I'm not using that in a in a bad way or a negative way. For me, it's about effective communication, and so it's not that I don't say certain things or or frame certain things in a way where. I'm trying to avoid a particular topic or something like that. It's mainly because I know that there's a number of things that people can't handle listening to. And because my goal isn't necessary, isn't is no longer to just shock and all people or, you know, that used to be the approach was because there was so few people interested in what we had to say. And most people were trying to avoid even hearing anything about it. You had to kind of shock them. And so you would say something. And this was my approach for years. It was kind of the shock and all. Uh, so say something that would just blow people's mind. And it would be impossible that for them to forget me and forget what I said. And so I like planting that seed. And then that doesn't mean they're going to take action. I wasn't That wasn't even a goal because I didn't think that that was going to happen. But. I knew that if I could plant a seed when they get sick, when they're blowing their nose, I want them to think of me, (laughs) you know, when they're coughing up mucus and it might not be for months or years, but at some point they're going to go through an elimination. And my goal was (laughs) to uh, put the seed in there so that when they start going through it, they're going to think of me. They're going to think about what we were talking about, the, you know, getting away from the pus forming foods and, mucus forming foods and stuff. So I'd be very descriptive and just kind of intense that way. And that worked back when no one was uh, was <laughs> listening on purpose. This was when people just kind of were felt like they had to <laughs> listen or you corner them and, and be like, okay, here's, here's this perspective. I bet you didn't think of this. But now that we have people that are interested in this information or really looking for that, you know, I try to keep things to the lowest common denominator, the most important stuff that is important in terms of the practice of it uh, and finding ways to understand the practice, expand one's, one's mind with philosophical understanding, the philosophical side, because uh, that's still a that's still an issue that I noticed that dynamic of philosophical 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 versus the praxis or the practical the application 
there's a lot of confusion still there. So that's something that I think in these kind of talks and these forums, we got the meetup that's been happening in these spaces. We can start to iron out some of these issues and uh, and and always strive for clarity. That's what I try to do with the things that I put out and stuff that I talk about is have a certain level of clarity there even when things get really complex one of the things I know I'm known for is taking a topic or an idea or something that most people or a lot of people would historically consider to be complex or hard to understand or deep or whatever and then just just break it down or explain it in a way or see it in a way that ties everything together. So it's we take the mystery out of it. I don't know why an example just came to my mind, <clears throat> which I should write about. I don't I have I don't know if I've I don't think I've ever done an article on this, but something like bridging the gap between these activities such as meditation you got meditation, science of breath, prayer. There's a uh, hypnotism. You know, sort of. There's this thread. Now they're all different. They're different disciplines, but there is a thread that goes through all of these different kinds of things. And so, when you can uh, approach a topic from a bird's eye view like that, it's the ultimate in seeing the whole picture so there because there's a the average person or if somebody that's trained in one of these disciplines they're not trained in all of those disciplines to sort of see it like that so they'll get into the hypnotherapy or they'll get into neuro-linguistic programming or Sedona method or uh whatever it is the uh, psychologist uh, uh talk therapy methodologies uh, you know all these different are the uh, the binaural beats meditations and you know all this kind of stuff. People that are artists and musicians sometimes understand the uh, the meditative space that you get into when you are creative and creating something. Uh, that type of space. I see a connection between all of these different areas, and I never. I'm sure someone else is out there talking, sort of making that connection and talking about these things, but I haven't come across them yet. And so, but, but I share this not so that people come to me all the time just to hear that type of stuff, but I want to see more people have that type of mentality to be able to see, you know, I try to share my perspective so that others can not to have my same exact perspective or, or agree with me on everything or that kind of, that's not what I'm about. I would love to see more people have this level of analysis, this, this way of being able to look at different topics and see, cause you can do what I just did with that. You can do that with across the board with so many different topics, so many different subjects. You can pick a subject and you can start analyzing it like that. And I encourage people to do that when you're studying. Uh, and, and you should be studying it something every day. Uh, to me, it's just a reflex. I don't, I don't <laughs> think about it or have to set aside time because uh, I'm always thinking. I'm always analyzing. It's not, a, it's not a chore. It's not something that takes effort for me. 
because I've just always done it. I've always been someone that would think all the time and uh, think about. And so even when I'm doing things that most people would do and where they kind of turn their brain off and go get into some entertainment or watching some whatever TV or YouTube and that kind of stuff and turn their brain off. I, I will, I, I definitely enjoy watching, you know, I don't watch regular TV, but there's some programs, there's TV programs that I'll check out. Uh, and I usually will download them or something like that. Um, number of things on Netflix. Um, you know, so all that kind of stuff. I'm, by no means on at this point in my life on some mountain uh renouncing society that's uh, you know at one point i got close to going in that direction but i didn't so i'm i'm here and i enjoy a lot of the same things that uh, a lot of other people enjoy but the difference is i'm always analyzing it i'm never just sitting there like you know i don't even know how to turn my brain off and just sit there and sort of veg out watching a program or something like that. I'm always analyzing it. And, and, and when I say analyze, there's so much subtext. There's things to look at. There's cultural dynamics, uh, the, the speech patterns, the way people are communicating, uh, the uh, um, uh, different emotions, the way emotion is communicated. Uh, I mean, there's just so much that you can analyze on everything, you know, as a, as a piece of, uh, if you look at, uh, something that you're consuming or looking at as a piece of art or a piece, some, or a piece of entertainment or whatever, however you look at it, there's so many dynamics that you can, uh, analyze. And then I know some people say that, well, that's, you know, that's no fun. That's not, I just, I've, I, w- I just would like to see more, more people find a love of analysis like that. And, for me, it's a path. To, it's one of the paths to freedom. That le- being able to think. You, I always say, I'm not interested in trying to tell you what to think, but I would like to explore with you how to think. And getting into you know, the, these uh, logical ways of thinking about things, this kind of logical analysis. To me, I don't know. It's just fun for me. That's I get the type of pleasure out of that that I used to get going to a playground when I was seven years old, <laughs> going on the swing. I mean, just it's exciting. It's kind of fun. You going, you know, you going and doing stuff with me. So I, I get enjoyment out of think thinking deeply like that. And uh, and I guess I would just I'm an advocate for that. If there's something that I evangelize, I evangelize that. I want to see more thinkers, more people analyzing things. And I know when it's happening, when I see that someone's coming to the table with some original analysis, something like when it makes me go, oh, I never thought of that, thought of it that way. That's what I want. I love that. When somebody has a a very interesting take on something that I might have studied or not studied or something, you know, somebody comes to the table and looks at something totally different. I love that. And so that's, uh, if anything, <laughs> I evangelize because I, I want to experience that more. I want want to see, and especially in the realm of Mucus's diet healing system, I want to see uh, just more original <laughs> analysis. And uh, because I think it can take 
uh, it can take the community to the next level because that I've always wanted that to be a distinctive characteristic of the mucus free community is that we're thinkers, we're artists, you know, we're that 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 type of coloring. You know, now I know everybody's not, you know, in the community is not artists and not. But in terms of the legacy that we're really a part of, you know, Arnold Eric was a an artist. He, he drew. So he was able to merge in this age old tradition of Leonardo da Vinci and uh, a number of these folks that merged all of these disciplines from engineering to painting to in industrial concepts and analyzing politics. I mean, they, they, they were these so-called Renaissance men and women of the past. And that's the tradition that Arid is in. And I strive to be a part of that. And I encourage others to be a part of that, you know, and, and it takes a looking at things with a more, uh, you know, being able to zoom in and zoom out. Cause it's not all about the, big picture but you gotta see the bigger picture that you can see the better and then once you see that big picture then you zoom in then you the big picture what i was talking about before where you have all these different human activities that could loosely be tied up to there, there's this connection then you start getting into the difference well what's the diff what is prayer what's the difference between the human activity of a of a prayer versus meditation versus now we're now you're having a dialogue because of the proper response to that there or there one response not the proper i say one possible response to that to say well the intention now we're having a fun conversation intentionality what is that what does that mean human intentionality cuz what other species do we know <laughs> you know ha- have this kind of complex intentions behind actions that we've been able to derive from our analysis and observation of other species you know the uh, the ability to uh to do similar things yet they be defined as totally different because the intention is totally different that's fascinating because now because because what is that about you know but that's you know, but that's what I'm talking about. That's fun <laughs> to get into those kind of conversations is logical deduction. And, uh, and, th- and that's the real self-educating. You can, you can go think like, if you thought like that every day, you spent however long, you know, periods of your day where you just started thinking about different topics and you could just, what's the first topic that comes to your mind? And just out of the blue, be like, okay, psychology. I mean, that came to mind because we're t- talking about this and the link between, you know, the, the well, and then you can say, okay, well, what's the link? What, what's similar to psychology or what's in my head? I, religion came to mind. Now we can then start analyzing that. Okay. So, okay. Psychology versus religion. Generally, first you got to do is define the terms. So define religion what is religion and most of these terms will have multiple definitions and so you gotta uh, and this is where google is very nice in the old days used to just pick up an old webster's dictionary 
And uh, and you look at the term and look at the etymology of the term. Start your analysis. Etymology will immediately, you know, if you do this kind of stuff, if you did this kind of analysis every day and you're looking up the meanings and the origins of words and and then on top of that, starting to analyze them and making the connections, you will become a very educated person and it's going to be autodidactic. You didn't just you're not you didn't just read a bunch of books and then you're able to memorize facts and spew out a bunch of ideas and analysis that somebody else did. You will come to the table with original analysis. So I'm sharing the tools. If you apply these tools, I I can almost guarantee that you can come out of that. You you kind of dedicate yourself to that process. You can come out of that with uh, very original thoughts and analysis on a number of different topics. So moving on, I wanted to do a follow up to the Joe Rogan and Rashad Evans uh, discussion. And if you want to see the full video that I put out, just go to Professor Spiria YouTube channel and uh, you will see that I wanted to play the clip. I'm just going to isolate and play a portion of that video that is Rashad Evans talking about when he mentions the mucus's diet, then he talks a little bit about his experience. Then I'm going to come back. We'll have a little discussion. There were a few, because there were a few things, issues raised in the community, and I didn't say much about it in that original video, but he did say some things that were not accurate in terms of you know, Arnold Errett and, it, you know, but they, they're kind of, they're slight and subtle. And so at the time they, I, I didn't think that it was super important to necessarily bring those things up because I was just super happy that the Mugus's diet and Arnold Errett was, was mentioned on a podcast that had, that reaches millions of people. So I was just kind of happy about that, but there's a couple little issues like uh, uh, as well as Rashad, you know, saying he he kind of guess he's kind of into the psychedelic mushroom vibe, and he had got into veganism by way of uh, of that. On on he had got had a revelation while he was uh, tripping at one point, and so so we'll 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 talk about that in a moment. And uh, so let me go ahead and cue this up. And uh, and so this is Rashad Evans on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, when he mentions the mucus's diet healing system. Good, though, man, I feel really, really good. And um, it's it's a level that I I didn't expect. I didn't expect to feel this good. I didn't think that a diet can make me feel this good. What is what is particularly makes you feel so good in what way? Um, My energy. I have an energy level that it's really hard to to say. It kind of feels uh, a bit supernatural in, in a bit, you know. Like I feel I feel energy. Like I feel I feel like my body's energy. It feels it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of mm. like not not hard to say. It's kind of hard to describe without looking crazy. <laughs> I read this book, The Mucusless Diet, and it's by uh, Dr. Arnold Errett. And this is like in the early 1900s, he came up with this book and he had uh, some stomach issues. And it was, you know, not until he was fed up and was on like, you know what, I'm like, he was starving himself. And then he realized he had some really, you know, 
uh, it kind of changes his his stomach situation. So then he started looking into diet and nutrition. And this book is talking about pretty much, you know, the role of food in your body and, and what it does and what causes mucus and what doesn't cause mucus. And, um, you know, through understanding the mucus of diet and just reading it, it just gave me a different hold on understanding like a different understanding of the of why I'm doing this, you know, and, and it came, it became to me deeper than just like, oh, I can't have this because, you know, the diet says I shouldn't have it. It says I can't have it because, you know, this is going to cause inflammation. You know, I, I, I know the deeper reason of why. So mm. it's easier for me to avoid the pitfalls of bad food, you know, mm. for me, uh, it was, it was something that my body just was like, ah, oh, it's about time you started to, started to treat us the right mm, way you know interesting and the crazy part about it is the fact that now i train less but i can train harder like now i can do sparring sessions where like i spar for like an hour straight really yeah and i'm and i'm, and I'm sparring at a pretty good pace like i'm not um like like it's it's smart sparring like we're not like bashing each other in the head and shit like right. that we just we're, we're we're being smart about it what type of foods are you eating like how are you what is it like give me a typical meal for you um typically speaking uh it all depends on the time of the day but but i don't eat in the morning i fast up until noon or until like one o'clock and then my first are meal, you on like a 16 hour 14 hour like intermittent 16, fast like 16 okay. uh intermittent fast and then um once I eat, I usually eat like, uh, like I'll come home and I'll eat, you know, maybe like a, a hearty, hearty shake that I make of fruit. I usually take that. That'd be my first meal. And then the second one would be a little bit more hearty. It'd be something with vegetables and maybe some potatoes or something. So it's a little bit more hearty. And then I'll have another hearty uh, meal, like a vegetable type meal, vegetable based meal at nighttime. And then... Um, then I'll usually be done for the day. Are you uh, using any protein powders, pea protein, hemp protein, anything along those lines? No, I don't. I don't use any. Just protein vegetables, powder. raw vegetables. Yeah, just raw vegetables, raw mm. vegetables and fruit. Interesting. Yeah, and and I don't and I don't really feel like I uh, like I have it like I have a need for it. like I, I feel like um, my muscle mass is, is pretty good. Like I don't feel like I'm I'm too skinny or, or like I don't I'm not gaining any muscle. I feel like I can gain muscle and. Uh, you know, it's it's just been working for me. And so basically, you just eat to feel good, like however it makes you feel good. Yeah, however, right. and you've got it down now. You know, yeah. like what kind of foods. It's um the the supplement thing gets strange with vegans. You know, there's a lot of folks that they're mixing a lot of different dietary yeasts and a lot of different powders and different things and blending these different things and. It's uh, some people don't like the way that feels when you're you're eating like that. But it yeah. sounds like what you're eating is much more whole food based. Yeah, my, mine is just whole food based. Like a lot of the foods that I, I became actually a good cook now because of the fact that I had to learn to cook my own food. Uh, my wife, she was she was busy uh, becoming you know busier on her own doing her own thing, so she wasn't able to cook for me like she was before. But then I I learned myself. And uh, through learning myself, it just completely just like took the shackles off of off of me. You know what mm, I'm saying? Right. So that was Rashad Evans on the uh, podcast and the music behind. So that I took that from what I actually put on YouTube. And that music is from uh, Professor Spira and Brother Air Fire Music Project. And I finally got our website going. I got the band lifted, uh, I think with some of your help. 
uh, I talked about the Facebook. I'll try not to rant too much about that on this on this podcast because I already did that. But I, I had the block was lifted, thank goodness. So now you can go check out the web the uh, band website, which is FireMusicProject.com. You can find us on Facebook at Fire Music Project or Professor Spear and Brother Air Fire Music Project. And uh, we have some things in store. So I'm putting a lot of my energy and time is starting to go in that direction just in terms of, you know, what for me, you know, I sometimes get overwhelmed just because there's, um, it's, oh, it can be overwhelming enough having a business or, you know, one, one job, one thing <laughs> that you're doing, or it can be overwhelming enough just trying to be a great musician. But I, I kind of have three or you can be overwhelmed just being an educator or something, you know, you know, but I, I have all of these things going at the same time and the way my personality and my learning style and just sort of my existing style works is I'm great focusing on one type of thing at a time. So one subject or one type of activity. So it's hard for me to do the kind of practicing and, and, dealing with my musicianship uh, at the same time as as I'm also doing things in the realm of uh, working on Mucus Free Life LLC, the, the business side of things. You got to do all the behind the scenes, bookkeeping stuff, all that kind of things you got to do. Uh, then the actual creation of the content, you know, so it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. And so I uh, so when you see periods of time where I don't do a whole lot of live things or I, you might not see a bunch of stuff coming from me, that's usually what's happening is I'm working on in another area of, of my stuff. But uh, what I try to do is put things to get put enough stuff together so that you guys can keep getting, uh, you know, still continue to get new content. Uh, even if I'm off into a different, uh, I always, <laughs> I use the term modes, you know, so even if I'm in a different mode, you can do that. But uh, anyway, that's Fire Music Project. Check us out, firemusicproject.com. Uh, we are going to be doing some big things. So anyway, back to what you just listened to. So that was Joe Rogan Podcast with Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans is a retired mixed martial artist, and he was the uh, uh, former uh, heavyweight or no way he not heavyweight winner he was the um i think light heavyweight champion of the world in the uh, ufc uh ultimate fighter championship so so this is <clears throat> something where i was just really happy to see that evans was talking about the mucus diet publicly on such a large forum just to correct a couple things he said that arnold Arrett had had some stomach issues uh, it was, uh, it was really kidney issues that he had the, uh, the Bright's disease. And, uh, but the, th the thing is, once you, you, when you start thinking more broadly, the, the, the kidney issue is connected to stomach issues. So on one hand, I wanted to kind of just give him, give him that pass where it's like, yeah, that the reason that there was a kidney issue was because there was a stomach issue. So there's that type of viewpoint. There's that way to look at it. But then there's a more precise way to look at it where you're saying, well, he, he had was diagnosed with Bright's disease, uh, which was inflammation of the kidneys. So, yes, you can get very in into that. That 
did not really concern me <laughs> in terms of that discussion. Uh, another thing, and I read, uh, it was a couple, couple people were talking about this, and so I'm kind of addressing a few things that I just remember from what was posted about this, but uh, he was kind of talking about his day. And this is another place where we can get into some discussions about the 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 how you eat throughout the day. What what are you supposed to eat? Now, the way that I looked at what he said when it came to the way he organ was organizing his meals, it is similar to one of the interpretations of Eretz, you know, cuz Eretz doesn't have very strict rules like everybody has to do it this one way that's what i love about his work but there are just some principles and so so rashad was saying he has like a fruit smoothie basically for breakfast kind of earlier in the day and even and and so i find that to be in line with with eric's principle of where well first he said he he generally doesn't have breakfast so if he does have something he'd be kind of liquid or fruit that's kind of what Eric said in not necessarily smoothie because he wasn't promoting smoothies at that point. Uh, but he was saying if you're going to have something early in the day and, and, and at all, then it should be fruit. So if you put that over into a fruit smoothie and you have a fruit smoothie as your sort of your morning or early day kind of thing, I, mean, I don't object to that. I think that falls within the uh the, the practice uh then he was saying he had a vegetable two two vegetable meals so it'd be a vegetable meal in the afternoon and vegetable meal in the evening and um and so that's generally with Eric's sort of classic methodology one one of those meals would be a fruit meal and the other would be the vegetable meal or maybe one of the meals would be the two course meal uh, and follow and uh, with you know fruit followed wait 15 minutes followed by vegetables and then there'd be a vegetable meal in the evening i'm just saying but uh, <laughs> yeah there, there's what's technically there but again one of my i'm an advocate of master if you can understand the principles and you can spout them out you can explain okay this this is what Eric said, and this this is this was the principle. This is how it's laid out, and then you're able to say, okay, this is how I interpreted it, or this is how I adapted it to my life. I don't have any problem with that. That to me is a high level of practice. When you start, when you if you understand what's there, and then you adapt it to what to what you're doing, because. Everybody has a different situation, and I talk about this in my uh, some of my menu planning, and I, I plan on doing some webinars in the future that are focused on mucus-free menu planning because I would really like to teach people how to create their own mucus-free menus and plan it out. You can plan days and weeks and months in advance to have it all laid out, and if you're the type of person that you're, you're able to kind of create that for yourself and follow it to have that structure then you know i want you to be able to do that and you can get started with that if you haven't downloaded it yet there's uh if you sign up for the there's uh the, the free gifts package that puts you on the mucus free insiders club mailing list 
one of the documents that I had created and released last year is an introduction to mucus-free menu planning. So you can get started with that. But I'm going to do a video or a, a, a webinar series that gets much more detail uh, and really and even sh give you some examples and, and that kind of stuff. So that will be something that I'm uh, looking to do in the future. But so anyway, <clears throat> I just I brought that up just because there it was brought up a couple different places. And so so we, we just have to. I don't know, have a, have an open mind and open understanding. And it's, it's an art. All I can say is this thing is an art form. That's what I've been saying. It's not a strict science. People want it to be a strict science because they like, a lot of people like authoritarianism. I mean, they like being, you know, something being very rigid, very, this is what it is. This is what it says. It's, it's in the book. You do this that, you know, it's like, I can't stand that energy. I just hate that. I just, I'm not into that at all. And, and if, and if the mucus's diet was like that, I wouldn't be here. I would, cause I wouldn't have gotten into the mucus's diet. What makes sense to me is the pliability and the adaptability that this system has because people leave, lead real lives and have, you know, have jobs, have kids, have you know, relationships have their own belief systems. They have all, you know, it, it, there's, there's so many variables and there's so much stuff. Can we all get on the same page with the principles? That's my question. That's my goal. Let's get these principles down. Let's get these things down. Let's get, let's understand them. Then, then, then you start to say, okay, well, here's the principles how can I adapt this to my life? How, what can I do? If you're, because there's so many different types of jobs. If you're a flight attendant, if you're a, uh, <clears throat> you know, a business owner, if you do the stock market, if you, I mean, whatever it is you do, if you're a stay at home dad, a stay at home mom, if you, all of these things, if you understand the principles, you will be able to ad adapt your situation into that. But you got to understand the principles and you got to really have some proper interpretations. Uh, I mean, you do have to have some, some effective and proper interpretations of what is written in the books. You know, I try to give some commentary and help with that in, in my versions of things and the annotated version, but uh, that's important. And I'm thinking right now there was a, uh, I saw a video. I'm not, I don't, th in for the, our purposes here, because I didn't get permission to talk with her uh, or anything. I'm not going to post up or I won't say where this, but I, I got a video that came across and it was a review of the annotated mucus's diet. And ultimately this person said that they, they 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 liked the book. They they got a lot out of it. They would they would recommend it to their uh, people to read. But there was a vibe that uh, this person said that they got to the part, the list of mucus free and mucus forming foods, and they almost wanted to put the book down. And when I hear that, that hurts me because I know that they didn't they they missed an entire paragraph that was so important that preceded that list 
which was this is not this list is not reflective of what you can and cannot eat on the mucus's diet healing system the mucus's diet healing system is not a food list diet period it's not a food list diet it's not a diet where you can take a list and practice a mucus's diet based on just looking at a bunch of foods on a list or avoiding foods that are on a list that that's that's not that is not what this is about and 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 i get kind (laughs) of as you see i get a a a bit passionate about this just because that was one of the huge things that i wanted to try to get over to people through the annotated version and through a lot of the work that i put out uh and and this particular person they seemed kind of as if there was a uh, they they interpreted the book as kind of being judgmental or being too strict and that kind of stuff. And in the in the review and in the analysis, they didn't say anything about the transition diet lessons, which to me is the most important lessons in the book. Just my own personal opinion. Uh, they said something about the fasting. I mean, it's all important, but as usual, for some reason. Why do we? Why do people skip over the transition diet lessons? She said something about the rational fasting. Said or or the fasting lessons. You know, said something about some of the philosophies that were uh, put out early on and disease concepts and stuff. I guess really felt you know felt uncomfortable once they read the part about what foods are and are not mucus forming but like i said must have missed my comment that that don't let that scare you because (laughs) that's not reflective of what you are are and are not allowed to eat there is not really an allowed i hate you know that type of can can i can i eat this is there do i have your permission to eat you eat what you want study the principles what what is so my question back to that when somebody asked me can i eat this then as a as an educator my question back is well what what which one of eric's principles do you think would help you answer that question for yourself if you can't answer that then you haven't studied the book enough you haven't studied the work so you just want like a straight answer for me of is this okay to eat? Is this not okay to eat? And I'm saying you got to do a little bit of work at that point because it's not a straightforward thing. There's there's certain items that that I eat that other that I know Brother Air never ate and probably wouldn't have been able to tolerate. But there's things that he did and he ate that my body can't tolerate. You know the one he famously, you know about ten years into the mucus's diet, he got into his peanut butter and jelly on wheat toast period and he did that for a while and that was kind of his his mucus is some kind of hardcore mucus lean years that enabled him to get to the point where he's at now but for me I tried that year I mean in the early early I mean that <laughs> I wasn't able to tolerate that early in my transition and two or three years into practicing the mucus's diet I tried that combination and it just totally made me sick. I had, I couldn't do that. Uh, I couldn't do that combination. So it's individual. That's part of this journey is you find you finding your way. You find uh, your way through this process, and uh, and that to me that's that's what's fun about it. That's it's fun to 
uh, explore and figure out what is uh, best for you. So anyway, just to sort of put a cap on on that in that particular review, like I said, I appreciate the review. You know, I appreciate that they said it would be good for people to read the book, but that they just were not sure that they would have the discipline or be able to do it. And they, and I got the sense that they felt that it was a little judge, uh, kind of judgmental the way it came across in terms of the. Uh, and what was interesting is the parts the parts of the book that I would that I could that I could say, okay, if, if you want to make a case about, uh, and it's usually the antiquated, there's some antiquated things in there. And I, most of them I address in the, uh, when, in the terminology and some of the philosophies when it comes to the things in the later lessons of the book. Yes, we can have some contemporary discussions about those again their philosophies he wasn't trying to write a scientific document he was analyzing things coming with creative new ways to look at humanity and and based on what he has learned about the mucus's diet and so and i'm referring to the lessons on sex and the in motherhood and all that kind of stuff there's some controversial claims and philosophies in there they're great for advanced discussion, but if 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 this reviewer would have taken issue with that, I would understand. But they're taking issue with the diet part, which which is hard for me because you can't get any more gentle and inviting than the transition diet, which basically says you don't have to get rid of everything. You don't have to. St- in fact, don't don't quit everything cold turkey use this study and understand this methodology and use it use it to get off of the pus and mucus forming foods over time when relapses happens and it will you just keep come back to the system keep coming back to the system uh that's another a webinar and that was a, an a idea by my friend uh steve prushak he was saying man you ought to do uh because uh, he he had seen some things in the uh, e-course i have the mucus diet healing system e-course i have an uh, updated version of my uh addiction to mucus diet you know overcoming addi- uh, mucus mucus uh, uh well overcoming the addiction of mucus forming foods uh, but that series which was was a series of videos could definitely be a webinar and so that's another webinar so i have two webinars in mind that i'm starting to work on which is the uh, mucus free menu planning as well as uh, a more updated and advanced version of the overcoming the addiction to mucus forming foods but work the system understand the system talk about the system discuss the system Let's deal with the system, you know, not man, the foods that's just and I know we're we're always going to get questions about that. We're always going to get questions about, is it okay for me to eat this? Can I is this mucus forming? Is it okay? Can I eat, you know, these individual food questions? We're always going to have that. But for those of us that have been around a while, let's elevate the discussion and really focus on system, really analyze what what are what is the 
systematic nature of my approach to what I'm doing. How are you systematically using fasting or using enemas or colonics or the Kalima board or herbs or whatever, whatever the tools are, always talk about them within the context of the system. Why isolate? That's what so many people do in all these different areas. The herbal people or the folks that are really into the herbalism, they isolate that. They only talk about herbs as sort of the foundation of a cleansing process or the people that are the fasting minded people. They're, they're only focused on the fasting aspect and the, the the dietary element and they I mean very rarely will they say anything about transition, but the dietary element is kind of secondary or it's, it's or it's way off into some other kind of world and they're just focused on the fasting or the people that are people that focus too much on colon irrigation and they're they're not focused enough on the diet or these other elements you know they're just really into the colon irrigation or really into juicing and nothing else you know just it's about the system how do you bring all of these things together there's all of these different elements when you put them together that's where the power is putting them together putting it together and the best way that i can say when when people say well how do you do it well read the music diet book and the most comprehensive analysis an educational tool for the Mucus Diet book is the Mucus Diet Healing System e-course. So I recommend people check that out because that's all, you know, and there's a number of people that want to get consultations and kind of work with me and stuff. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I toned down doing consultations and I haven't been doing them regularly. I'll maybe do them once or twice a year at this point. And, uh, and I'm looking into maybe creating some different packages that would be uh, some more premium mucus free things or people that did, that did want to work with me for an extended period of time and that's something that I'm looking into but but one of the requirements I think moving forward for people that do want to work with me is you got to go through the mucus diet and healing system e-course first because so much so much of what the initial questions that I get and all that kind of stuff is dealt with in the e-course so to me, it makes sense. Get get all of that begin all the beginner stuff like get that out of the way so that when we do get together, we can start from the advanced level and just go just go off, you know, and that's what and that's what I enjoy doing. I like to like let's deal with this advanced level and just start taking things to a whole different point. So anyway, that's what I had to say about that. I'm going to answer a few questions. And uh, so these are questions I, I, you know, I've kind of, I had to way pair way back on answering a lot of questions online and through emails because people would send a lot of questions and, and they would uh, usually, my response would be like, <laughs> have you read the Mucus of Diet book here? You know, here's a link, go get the Mucus of Diet book, read it. Your, your, your most questions are answered in there. Uh, and when they're not, you know, I would. At, at different points in history, I would address them. I had the uh, the Professor Spira Office Hours series for a while, which uh, maybe one day I'll get that going again. Because when I do look back at those, they were pretty good, and they a lot of people did seem to get into them because I was answering a lot of these common questions. 
But uh, what I would, what I'm gonna do now, and we'll see how it goes in the, with the podcast format, is I'm gonna answer some of these questions right now. I'm just gonna go through. I have a list of questions that I've received over the past couple months, and I'm just gonna kind of go through these. And uh, some are questions, some are comments. I will maybe just do initials for today, or you know, yeah, I'll either do the first name or initials. Because uh, these, you know, folks didn't know, even though <laughs> that we're, you know, we're not under any kind of uh, privacy contract or anything, because these are ju- uh, just emails sent. But uh, I'll protect the uh, the identity of uh, of the folks here. So I got a comment. This is from uh, from D, <laughs> and uh, as she said that she uh, she finally did it correctly. We're talking about the enemas, and she said, "Oh my God, I was nervous because I didn't use organic lemons. Uh, will that affect me? I now have organic lemons and will use them from now on." So. Obviously, organic is always going to be better if you can find organic that you know is, you know, that you you hope that the stuff that's labeled organic is organic. But because we don't control the means of production, we don't control uh, that kind of stuff. We we never really know what uh, where where some of the stuff is coming from unless you deal with a trusted uh, farmer's market or that kind of thing. That aside, because don't get lost in that either, because some people get lost in that. They say, well, I can't. May I have a number of people that will reason eating poorly just because they're, you know, they can't get organic fruits and vegetables. They can't do this. And so their reasoning is because, you know, the chemtrails and it's so polluted and all. And so because of that, they're going to keep eating meat and keep going to McDonald's or whatever. That's some messed up logic. If the best you can do is whatever vegetables are there, if they're not organic, get that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't start using organic probably for several years, really, you know, consistently using organic. Uh it was a while. You know, brother air, same thing cuz it just wasn't available. I mean, years ago, you didn't it wasn't available at all. Then when it did start to become available in the early 2000s, it was disgusting. It was not only crazy expensive, but it was also tasted a lot worse than, <laughs> you know, especially the fruit and stuff tasted a lot worse. So anyway, my thing with that is always just do just do your best and get your best. So now in terms of lemons and enemas, my main thing here is if you're going to do the lemon rind enema that I talk about in my book, Spirit Speaks, the, the so-called lemonas with the rind, then you definitely want that to be organic. I would definitely have, if you're going to do the, if you're going to juice the, the whole lemon with the rind and all, or the whole lime and the rind and all, if you're doing limes. And that's another question people ask is limes. Okay. Limes are cool. If you want to do limes instead of lemons, that's cool. I've always liked lemons better. They're a little more potent, but there's some people coming from certain philosophies where lemons are evil but and limes are fine so fine whatever if you want to do limes and use limes do something but um yeah so but if you're not doing that and all you can find is just regular lemons then either cut off the if if you are going to kind of do the the lemon rind cut the outer part of the rind off 
and then put it through the juicer. Or if you have a citrus juicer, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Just cut it, put it through the citrus juicer, put your, you know, put it in your water and do your enema. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. So if you can get the, so in terms of the one that you did where you didn't have organic, I don't worry about that. I Me mean, one enema is not, like I said, I for years, cause I would get cases when we get cases of lemons, they're not organic cases, uh, back in the day. So when you hear us talk, telling stories about getting cases of stuff, most of those cases, that was before you could even get organic. Uh, but you know, like that at those the, the, some of them places now you can go to uh, and get boxes of organic stuff and it's crazy expensive you know it'd be almost a hundred bucks for a box of apples or something back in the day you get a reg, just a box of regular apples for 30 bucks or oranges or whatever now there's certain things that I do stick to organic these days with so such as apples you know so I apples are kind of a big part of my day and uh, say my diet well because I, dr- I drink a lot of apples you know I, I eat a lot of apples just because it's kind of what you're stuck with <laughs> in this part of the country is something that consistently I know is going to taste good is going to eliminate well is not going to be too acidic is is going to be ripe and ready it's just it's just apples I just end up going and dealing with those uh what else? And then there is the uh, the oranges. You know, I still get cases of oranges and stuff sometimes. But uh, yeah, but as far as that goes, yeah, just do the best you can and don't don't sweat the small stuff. Get organic when you can. But if you can't and all you have is regular, just use a citrus juicer. Just cut it or cut the rind off to avoid the rind. Let's see. This is a question from uh, from Jill asking, "What's the cost of the of the e course of the Mucus Diet Healing System e course?" So, depending on if you if you're able to plug into one of the sales when they happen, uh, then you can get a pretty good price. I mean, the lowest price I think right now is maybe. Is the hundred dollars off a hundred and ninety-seven dollars, and so that makes it ninety-seven if you are able to take advantage of that sale. Normally, it's a hundred and ninety-seven, and that's that's on sale itself. But it's you know it's always one of those things that's always on sale. At uh, so one ninety-seven. So depending on if you're able to get that now, if you if you hear this and you want that coupon code then shoot me a shoot me a message go to uh, mucusfreelife.com forward slash contact or go to our contact form send me another message and say hey i heard the podcast uh shoot me that uh that coupon code for a hundred dollars off the e-course and i will do that and uh, and get you on in there uh so and thank you for the question thank you for the interest in the e-course let's see here is a question from ma'am and I think we got a few questions from Ma'am on here. Uh, does baking, drying, or steaming fruit on the list make them acidic? Uh, they say mucusless when baked or dried. <clears throat> so the items that say that they become mucusless when they're baked or dried, as a rule of thumb, if you overcook anything, you know, if you overcook any of the, any fruit, it will ultimately become acidic. So uh, it comes down to how do you prepare it and what is it? 
and uh and so if you over so certain things if you overcook them it's just it could could get acidic or it becomes syrup i mean it it really depends on the item so something like strawberries i mean if you just cook it cook it you cook it down into a syrup and that is that's not going to be too acid forming uh so most of these things do cook down pretty clean the question is do you want to uh so something like citrus fruit and i now i'm not a i don't think i'd want a, a fan of cooking <laughs> citrus fruit but yeah anything like that if you overcook it it's gonna not be good to eat it's gonna be but the nice thing about fruit is when you do something to fruit that turns it into something that you shouldn't eat generally it's not gonna taste good it won't be palatable for you anymore. You know, there'll be an aversion to it. So the few times that I've overcooked a banana, or maybe I put a if I was baking a banana and it was already really ripe, and then I try to bake it, and it it just won't really taste very good, and I, I end up won't I just I won't eat it because it's it's just it's overcooked. It really didn't need to be baked anyway because it was already really ripe and this is things that i did years ago and then you kind of the the lessons that you learn (laughs) as you go along you say okay if it's too ripe don't bake you probably don't want to bake it or if you do then you'd want to bake it for a short period of time but uh but yeah overall i would say that uh yeah just don't don't overcook it just any of that Anytime you're doing these things, you want to be checking them when you're preparing these foods and you're you're baking these things. Check it. And as you start to get more experience doing it, you will find the proper time. And and I'm still an advocate as much as people want. And now, of course, with the e-course, you can get what is uh, at this point is basically uh, (laughs) <laughs> my uh, my recipe book because there there's some recipes and the food there's actually food prep videos in the e-course but uh, I would just make sure that you just take your time and take note of how long things take uh, I I'm an advocate for people learning these things and sort of experimenting f- for yourself because oftentimes the time that your stove might take to do something or whatever you're using to cook is going to be different than what some recipe says and so you can use recipes as a guide but ultimately you want to be engaged in the food preparation process and once you have a successful meal you know you have a successful you're able to find the, the right time and it worked make sure you write that down and and, and then you can just sort of keep following that. If it happens to be exactly what is written on the recipe, then great. But don't use a re- any any recipe as as a Bible because <laughs> as scripture because it, they definitely are wrong sometimes. Some recipes are just way off. And what? Who even wrote this down? This is just really off. So uh, anyway, so hope that. Let's see. Okay, so this is from James. So his question is, hello, how are you? Is it possible that you can send us all the foods that are good for me, the mucus's diet, what foods you can eat, what foods you cannot eat, uh, what can you drink, what can you not drink? 
thank you and God bless. And they put I won't put their, I won't put their address here. So then they sent the address. So these are the, some of the kinds of, of things you know the questions that they'll get where I'm kind of like ah that's what the mucus diet book like you just a little bit more research and you get that. So but I'm gonna answer the question, which is order the mucus diet healing system book annotated, revised, and edited mucus diet healing system. Or better yet, get the Mucus Free Bundle, which has all seven of the books that we publish. Get them, get them all together. And, uh, and yeah, all the information that you're looking for in terms of what foods we... Because, again, it's not a foodless diet. So it's not about what foods are that you are allowed to eat, not allowed to eat, but how you eat those foods, the systematic nature... Then we have the ancillary therapies that are also important. We got the enemas and we got the air baths and we got exercise and and we got <clears throat> sunbathing. You know, we have these. There's, so there's so much more to this than just, again, what we eat. But that's what you want to do. So, I'm, <laughs> so I can't just email uh, uh, the list. I'm saying get the mucus of diet healing system if you want the. Uh, if you want the physical book, is in there. Here is a another question from Ma'am. Hey, I want to know how to remove pus, as I know mostly how to remove the mucus. So when we say mucus forming and pus forming items, the the principles are going to be the same for the removal of their residue, the removal of any other biological waste materials that's in your system. You want to be, first and foremost, you want to be eating more mucus-free items than mucus-forming items, and you want to be organizing them in a way where they're going to leave the body effectively and leave behind the least amount of metabolic residue and slimy residues. And this can be attained through mucus's diet. You got your fruits. Uh, you have your combination salads, your uh, GI broom salads. So if you're eating these things on the top of it, then you go down into your colon and you're doing some colon irrigation. You're, you're brave enough to do some enemas. And we talk about the lemon juice and distilled water enemas. You get into that. You are going to eliminate the pus, the mucus, the parasites, you know, all the little worms as folks have been posting up a lot of images in the uh, mucus diet healing system uh, support Facebook page of uh, of all these little critters that are coming out of them. And that's it's a beautiful thing. And that's but th it's just working the system. So the same thing that's going to help you eliminate mucus is going to help you eliminate pus is going to help you overcome some allergy issues or overcome some uh, other ailments that are there it's it always comes back to the system that's the the beauty and the simplicity of the approach so it's not so complicated we're not we don't have to get into trying to analyze and break down the chemistry of everything because oftentimes years later that type of analysis is overturned from within the scientific community and so these things are constantly overturned yet that's a lot of people hang their hat on the on this chemical analysis. And I'm not saying to get into bi uh, biochemistry and, and analyzing, you know, I would love to 
chemistry, you you know, I'll t- take chemistry courses, take human physiology courses if if that's something that you really want to study. But come at it from the perspective of a mucus-free or an eritist filter and framework, and 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 interrogate these ideas, interrogate the foundation and the history of these concepts. What's the history of the protein theory? And once you know that history, it does it hold up? Does the origin of that instead of just taking the, the taking them as truths, look at it and look at the origin of it, the origin of all of these nutrition theories, the origin, where did they come from? What were the folks doing that invented these things, all these sadistic experiments where they were just abusing dogs and then analyzing what they were feeding and not feeding dogs and then developing protein theories and B12 theories and all kinds of stuff based on very sadistic, totally psychopathic type of experimentation. And and does that by itself nullify? Well, to some people it would, <laughs> you know, just sort of. But if you say no, then continue to read and really and, and look at the logic and look at what what was being said about the concept. Because to this day with protein, pro meaning first, teen meaning principle, that the essence of that, even though that initial idea was overturned within the scientific community, it's it's still promoted and thought of by people as the first principle. That the first most important thing to your life is making sure that you eat enough protein-rich, so-called so-called protein-rich food. It's self-evident that the first principle to life is air period i mean that's you know so that's that's how we we come from this other angle it's it's a whole different because i'm it's hard for people to understand because people like these distinctions where you're either you're either one thing or you're something else so you're either if you're you're either anti-science or you're anti or you're you know anti-faith and religion or anti you know you always have to be anti-something and all for something else I'm not anti-science at all. I'm pro-analysis. I'm pro-reconstructive analysis. Look at these histories. Look at the 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 uh, chain of title, <laughs> as uh, as Michael Fathauer might say. Look look at these things and analyze it for yourself. So important. Anyway, yeah. So that's uh, but that that's what you want to be doing there. So this is a question from uh, I'll say C. And now we start to get into some, or says, uh, my friend is currently in the hospital with low blood count and undergoing therapy. Is there any, is there any specific foods that I can give them to help build back blood count? And so, so there's, I know the kind of answers that most people would give that come from, uh, even within the plant-based community that again, come from a nutritional type of standpoint. And I always have to just make that disclaimer that that's something, you know, the, whatever you choose to do or your friend chooses to do, that has to be on them in terms of uh, and in consultation with whatever authorities they deem to be worthy with as a medical authority or if it's a naturopath or, wh- or whoever it is, uh, 
you know, that that is important to understand, you know. So I will just give kind of my opinion, which is to not focus on that. You know, there's uh, there's other problems happening. There's so so many other factors that are generally not dealt with at all or as a part of the analysis from medical doc- doctors and even a lot of naturopaths. They're not analyzing what's the condition of the colon. That's like the first question that we <laughs> ask, and that's they don't even get into that because they're when they start analyzing colon, they're pretty much just looking for colon-based diseases as opposed to understanding and connecting that if you have 32 feet of impacted intestines and your colon has over years and years has had this slimy, acidic, feeded, nasty, grimy mess constantly and you don't clean that out, that is going to connect with any other ailment that you have from back pain, the kidney issues, liver issues, pancreatic stuff, allergies, whatever you're talking about. This idea of the body being a a series of tubes and Eretz's philosophy of vitality equals power minus obstruction. If the constipation is... uh, and we talk about cellular constipation is all throughout the body from from all the way from your colon to your mouth to and everywhere in between, then you're gonna have problems. So when when you ask sort of a specific question like, okay, how am I gonna build blood? Now, you know, now Eric, if you you know, with one look at Eric's work, you might say, Well, you gotta have a good quality of fruit sugar and some fruit involved, but that's not, that wouldn't be my answer. My answer would be, again, always come back to the system, dealing with the system. So there's not, not one type of food that you now, I'm sure they, they're probably feeding, their, feeding them who knows what, liver and meat and all kinds of, you know, who, who, all kinds of stuff. I'm saying let's, if, if we're going to go down that road, because as I say, there's an article, one of the articles in the, Spirit Speaks book is don't straddle the barbed wire fence. And I answer a question that's kind of like that where somebody had asked me a question or they have somebody that's in medical care, but they want to try to implement a few mucus's diet principles. And I'm kind of saying, I don't know if that's a good idea because it can be more dangerous to incorporate just a few mucus free principles and try to in concert with what the medical folks are doing. It, it you know it gets specific to each person's situation, but that can be more dangerous than if you're gonna deal with the medical folks, then deal with them. You know, just whatever they're doing now. When it comes to the when it, when it does come to what they what the hospitals and those places serve as food, it's totally repulsive. And uh, so if if somebody's willing to bring that person some adequate uh, food, then that's one thing. You just yeah, bring them in the salads, bring them in some fruit. You know, get you that you know, so you can bring them in or prepare some mucus lean foods or whatever, anything to get away from you know old dirty biscuit, biscuit and gravy, pus gravy, and uh, you know all that kind of nonsense. I just that just angers me so much that they, that that's what they serve in these places that are charging. The amount, man, don't get me started on this. Because I get so, I get wound up. They charge thousands of dollars. 
you know, you go to a hotel or someplace and get some room service, you know, it might maybe be a you know, hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks or whatever. If you go to a really swanky place, it'd be like, you know, 400, whatever bucks. These hospitals, some of the roast roach motel hospitals, some some just ghetto hospitals that just, they, and, and you go there, they're serving you the worst food on the planet. Some of the worst food. Worse than some of this, I mean, some of the stuff I see in hospitals is worse than McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Hell. Worse than that. And then they're going to give you a, uh, a bill. So you, and, and, you know, that's in the whole Medicare and Medicaid and, and insurance. That's, that's a whole other thing and discussion. But, reg- but if you aren't covered with whatever your society wants you to be covered with, they're going to give you a bill for thousands of dollars for a couple days in the hospital getting served the worst food on the planet. Man, ridiculous. So, yeah. So if you can help them, I'll just, but just just check out, just go through Mucus's Diet Book. And I wouldn't try to isolate any one item over another. Focus on elimination. Focus on eating things that's going to push out this waste. That's That's the important thing start getting that body clean deal with whatever whatever they decide they want to do because i guess i don't give any kind of medical advice i don't even try to steer people i'm not aggressive in steering people away from going to their doctors or whatever i don't need that type of drama in my life to have people say oh he so-and-so said don't go to doctor you do what you want to do if you want to go to the doctor go to the doctor if you want to go wherever you want to do if you want to go to mcdonald's i don't i don't care that's not none of my business i'm sharing perspectives and information what you choose to do with it is up to you so i and i won't judge you i don't because i don't i don't care (laughs) you know when it comes to at a certain level you know it's like i got too much stuff in my life why because some people do you know they they it's like when do you have time to care so much about what other people are doing i'm too busy for you know people get so emotional about like oh so and so ate this and why are they doing that and this i'm like look man this what you do is what you do and and you have to live with your decisions i gotta live with my decisions and we are at the embryo stage of this thing of this entire process we are the original folks <laughs> that when if you look if you were to look at history from a bird's eye view this will be known historically as the the this will really be the beginning of the ending of of a real medieval type of era this were post industrialization post technology boom Humanity was going in two different directions. One direction is to an automated robot world where humans can, from a young age, are very sedentary, can sit in one place, have all of these images and all this technology at our fingertips where you can just sit and eat, sit and eat, and and just the brain is being stimulated by all these images on on a screen on screens 
You know, when I was growing up, there was one screen in the house, which was a TV. <laughs> and you go back, you know, the generation before that, they might not even have had any screens anywhere. If you wanted to see a screen, you had to pay something and go down down the street to movie theater. Now, people have, might might be exposed to five or six screens at the same time. They're looking at a phone screen. There's a TV screen. There's a computer screen. There's you know all these different screens and from a young age and i can imagine these the the way that the the young folks are growing up now the the ipods and the ipads and all these different little things become the babysitter and so uh, the parent and and i'm and i'm not really i'm not and i'm not i'm observing because i don't have children (laughs) I'm observing and it sounds judgmental, but I'm actually not really judging. I'm just observing as, as sort of an interested third party as, cause, and I say that because I know that, uh, I, that <laughs> I, I could understand that having young folks, sometimes you just want them to be occupied. So you just give them a toy. So here, like here, just let me breathe for a minute. Here's a toy. Have fun. I'm I'm a watch you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm taking care of you, but just put your attention on this toy. I'm just saying what I observe. I don't know if it's like that or not. <laughs> you know, I'm just this is just how I've observed it because what ends up happening is now I'm just seeing parents instead of giving them like a little toy where they have to use their in their uh, imagination, you know, I was had all kinds of little little figurines and stuffed animals, man. I had so many different stories and little movies and I make make little uh, little voices for the kid for for the <laughs> for the kids, you know. They were like my little kids, you know, the little little stuffed animals and we play and 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 I was the only child, so I'm doing all this by, by myself. So I'm I had I had to play you know basically play with myself all the time and please don't 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 take that (laughs) someone's gonna take that and put that out of context that's not cool don't do that but um but uh, i would play i've entertained myself as a as a child uh occupy my my own time when uh when the adults weren't able to uh do that and uh and so there was a lot of creativity now with with these uh with these little screens and all these little games and stuff on these iPod, man, I just, I don't know if that's going to foster the same type of creativity. Maybe it will, but I, I'm, I'm skeptical. Uh, I think that th- it's doing too much of the work that the ki- that the kids should be doing that, that, that imagination work need, you know, that, that there's a benefit for a kid to have to do that, to imagine. Like I, you know, I close my eyes and I would see worlds and see, stuff and in these imaginary characters that that became real to me i I wouldn't have did that i don't think if if i just sort of had a little these a little ipad and i'm playing these these games that are sort of like you know they're bright and they're they occupy your mind but they're not forcing you to think or be creative and uh, generally speaking, I'm sure somebody can find one and say, oh, but this is a really good app. I'm not saying that there's not some good apps and it's not and I'm not saying that it's it's a totally bad thing. Again, people love for whatever reason, people really love these black and white issues. I'm not on that. Of course, there's some really good benefits, some educational things and some stuff that could that can be done with that technology. 
believe me, I'm I love technology. I'm I <laughs> for those of people that have been to uh to the to the Spira Hermitage uh to where I live, you you've seen some of my equipment. I you know, so I have no problem with technology. I'm not anti-technology. But I am pro creativity. You know, I'm pro thinking for oneself and 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 taking time away from uh, certain forms of technology to so that you you're not totally occupied and controlled by that. So anyway, that was this, this is always what happens when I when I start answering these questions. I I have the intention of just going through and answering them all uh you know kind of matter of factly, but I always start uh getting discursive and kind of going off into on these tangents and stuff. So yeah, so I hope that <laughs> that was helpful. Daniel, I've read your book in Montego Bay and uh, until Sunday, until Sunday, I was wondering if you were in the area, if I was in Montego Bay, <laughs> I was like, I wish, uh, I'm visiting to Shiva Wellness Clinic, um, no, I'm not in the area, unfortunately, like to be p- perhaps down there, but <clears throat> not right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so sorry about that. Olga, mucus-free uh, consultation waiting list. Uh, hello, I'd like to work with Professor Spear to create an eight-week menu uh, plan for mucus diet. I've been fighting for my health for years now, and deep down I know that in order for me uh, to be truly happy, I need to be healthy. First step before I go after any uh, dream of mine, I may not seem like unhealthy, but my body and I don't plan to give up until I accomplish it. Accomplish it. So that's uh, so that's beautiful. You say, you, and finally, you say I would like to receive some guidance. So you know, so I appreciate that. And you are right. At the moment, I'm not accepting new clients. Not doing creating the menu plans. What I'm working on now is, uh, like I said, the the webinar, which will, will we will in detail get into creating one's own. Uh, menu plans because I think that's more beneficial than me creating a bunch of individual menu plans for for a handful of people that that pay that price I think I can reach and educate more people if I just give them the tools to do it themselves and so so that's what I'm working on now you know and I understand there's a number of people that have been wanting to work with me in a consultation kind of role and I haven't been doing that right now and uh but and uh, so i apologize for those that have been wanting to and uh, but i'm just not in that uh in that mode at the moment in that space but keep uh but you never know when i'm all because i can wake up one day and feel like taking on some clients and i'll put out an email about it and you know the first people that respond will be the ones that that i accept and so you know so keep you know keep an eye out and uh, like I said, if you haven't been in the e-course in Mucus Diet Healing System e-course, you definitely want to check that out because that's very rarely do people go through the e-course and then have any kind of general questions anymore. And, and I don't, and I rarely even hear questions. Uh, but if I do get questions following the, somebody going through the e-course, they're usually pretty advanced, and and that's where you want to be. You know, you want to get to an advanced space with an, with this understanding uh, as soon as possible you know the learning the principles and learning this stuff is not that's not a lifelong process see a lot of people want to talk about no nobody's talking about the education 
the education takes time, but it doesn't take forever. And so the e-course is two months long. So I, I instead of go, trying to go through everything real quick and uh, there's because there's so much information and it would be overwhelming. And the majority of people, if they just got access to all of it, they would maybe go through the first few lessons because they're while they're excited. But then they're going to trail off and and probably not finish the entire course. But because every other day we're having a new lesson. And if you're serious about this, then you're just going to you just do dedicate a little bit of time, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes a day, just going through this information. And by the time you get to the end of those two months, you will be more, more, more of an authority on the mucus's diet healing system than most of the people that have read the book because you will have taken time and really meditated on this information. So, so I'm just saying that I know that people would like to work with me, but, uh, I'm going to start doing the, doing some of the, the live chats and and live calls with, uh, uh, with, with folks that are in the e-course. And so that, that happening again soon. So, so anyway, plug into that. And, uh, and if you are on the waiting list, when I, when I put the word out there, uh, you will, you guys will be the first to know. This is from do uh, do the dry herbs or ground herbs cause mucus or acid? So it depends on the herb. You know, I mean, in terms of mucus forming foods, there most of the herbs that I know of they don't they don't turn into slime. You can't put them in water or heat them up, and they turn in to this viscous sort of slimy stuff mucus so it's not mucus forming in that sense if it is something that irritate if it's an irritant if it irritates the mucosa and the system then uh or some some of some of them can be acidic i think but the i the the most the thing that you want to look at there is does it irritate the system is it supposed to irritate the system? See, some herbs, people think they're working or they think that they're doing a good job, but all they're doing is really irritating the system. But uh, but generally speaking, I mean, most most herbs that are sort of the general, let's so-called medicinal herbs, that kind of stuff. If you're into that, then you know they're they're relatively. I was going to say harmless, but it, it just it really depends on the herb, you know, that kind of thing. It, there's some stuff that I would recommend staying away from certain herbs and others are, are good, you know, the, but in terms of the mucusless diet healing system methodology, we focus primarily on the herbs, or at least I should say, Eric focuses primarily, primarily on herbs that are good for a, additional help with eliminating waste from the colon. So it's like a, uh, his inner clean GI track formula uh, is really the only herbal formula that Eric discusses and talks about. But then uh, they say, what if it's used for teas? Uh, what about organic ground ginger? So yeah, all that, that, all that stuff's good to me. I mean, you know, when you talk, get, you talk about, yeah, the ginger, uh, whether you putting it in, making a tea, ginger tea, or you're putting it in, uh, making a juice out of it uh or just a general herbal tea yeah I, I don't have a problem with any of that i mean it's not it's not mucus forming some of that stuff can be acidic but you just have to analyze it yourself kind of look at it yourself and decide 
if uh, you, you, you can tell if it's something that's irritating uh, your body or not should be able to should be able to tell uh but you know brother air might just say <laughs> like he says you know if you can't put the herbs and just eat them on your salad then you probably shouldn't use them so there's also that perspective as well uh so you know we bring bring multiple perspectives that's also important you know we have these various perspectives and put it on you to think about it and to kind of analyze and decide what is best for you I know that's not what everybody likes because it's not all, it's not easy. It's not the easiest thing. Cause a lot of people just want to be told what to do, but there's uh, these m- multiple perspectives. <clears throat> Let's see here. All right. I know that this uh, <laughs> podcast is getting long. I'm trying to get through these, uh, as many of these questions as I can. Well, maybe, okay. I'm going to do one more question and then I will, these other ones that are on here, I will, uh, I will come back and deal with some of them uh, at a later date. So this is about coconuts. What kind of coconut meat is mucus forming? So technically, all coconut meat would be mucus forming, but I'm not saying don't use it. Now, if you, the, a lot of raw foodists will turn it to kind of make the, the yogurt, that kind of thing, that would eliminate better than something like if you were to just eat a bunch of coconut. The question is not necessarily is it mucus forming because it's it's still not that mucus forming. It's not something that you know if if you if you have a a couple spoonfuls of you know you you got the water out of a young coconut and you take the meat out of it and you like how the meat tastes and you you eat some of the meat that's it's definitely not the end of the world it's not going to cause that much mucus the question is are you going to be able to digest it properly and eliminate it for me that was always the problem with just eating straight coconut meat of the for the young coconuts was i would get acid reflux i never since practicing mucus diet the only time i ever get acid reflux reflux uh you know which is that you, you get that that sort of warm, uncomfortable feeling in, in your throat and uh, maybe belch up a little bit of whatever you had eaten because it didn't digest, didn't eliminate. That's why that's that's where that comes from when we say something doesn't eliminate, didn't digest. There's acid reflux. There's all these different types of symptoms, that acid. Uh, that let me know that that stuff is, is acid forming and it's not it's not eliminating well. But now I have had some raw coconut yogurt. Again, it's kind of coming out of the raw foodist, what I call the classical raw foodist tradition, uh, where there's they kind of get into the soaked nuts and seeds. I haven't talked a whole lot about that on on this channel and from a mucus-free perspective, uh, maybe one day in the future. Because I find there's definitely some benefits. There's some interesting transitional approaches and things that can be done within the context of the uh going down that path from the, the so- soaked nuts and seeds and uh blending some of those things down into creating little yogurts and stuff you know i've i've experimented with that it's not necessarily you know it's not in the mucus diet book there's ways that it that you can argue that these things are do align with the mucus diet but it's 
you know, I try to teach the principles and Eric's work. So I don't talk a lot about some of these things that I experiment with on the side, especially until I really have a good, uh, really wrap my mind around it and have some years of experience with something. And then I come out with an article or talk about it or something. So, so it has been some years now. So, and I've been investigating some of those things. So you'll hear me start to start to talk about it a little bit, but now, if you're talking about the really hard coconut, that stuff doesn't eliminate well at all, <laughs> from my observation. So, I probably would uh, would kind of uh, avoid that. But the name of the game is elimination. When you eat the item, do you get acid reflux? Does it not feel good? Do you get gas? Or is there no gas, no acid reflux, nothing? If you want to eat something and you eat it and there's no bad symptoms like that, then I would say that's something that you can deal with. What ends up happening is over time that change, oh, that changes what you can and can't eat ends up changing over time because your, your body is, is changing. Your physiology is changing and that's just, just how it goes. So, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm going to end the Q and a section with that, there's just I just get so many of these questions. I'm gonna start trying to address some of them. I think this is a good way to do it. We we will see. No no promises for anything right now because we are exploring exploring this. I'm gonna see how many people like this particular podcast. So if you did if you do like this format, if you do like the podcast, and you're able to. You know, get, be in the car and you can be checking this out you know it's new content because i know some some of you have been through everything which always blows my mind you've been through all the old videos and some of you've been through them multiple times and there's so much content that's that's already there but and you want more so all right i'm, I'm gonna get you some more here we go we keep this keep this conversation rolling but uh but let me know if you enjoy it uh you know let me know and uh and share it on your social medias and with your friends and you know let let people know about it so that we can get this get this word out there but uh i do appreciate you plugging in i hope you enjoyed this little session i was able to we talked about a number of different interesting things i think and so hopefully you can get something from it and yeah it's, it's been fun so if if all goes well i will do this again uh, very soon so I thank you for plugging in, and until next time, peace, love, and breath. We are mucus free. We are mucus free. We are mucus free.